No, I said a morsel. You're hogging all that, and I don't live forever. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were going to say hogging does in the middle there, too. I was really confused. I'll be hogging because I'm the host of a show. Welcome to Screen Fix, the show where we will fix a recent film. I am host JC. With me, as always, is the co-host that carries the show, Lady Wan. Say hi to everybody. Hi, everyone. <laughs> and with us, we have a special guest. This is going to be his f- second time mm-hmm. on this program to shed his insights, <laughs> his wonderful quips and takes. He has a podcast of his own. This is, do you say, you say, do you say Yannis or Yannis? Like, is there like any like <laughs> sexiness on it? Yannis. Yeah, you can you, okay, can, you, can, you <clears throat> can put all the sexiness you want. Just go for it. <laughs> all right, all right. I, I challenge you. This is Robert Yanis Jr. <laughs> nice. I'm gonna have to pronounce my name that way from now on. <laughs> from the Crooked Table. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about your show right off the bat? Go ahead. Sure. So the Crooked Table podcast uh, takes a look at the world of film from a fresh angle. So we have it's me and, and a different guest on every episode, normally talking about a film of their choice or something that means something personally to them. Uh, the Lady One has been on to talk about La La Land, yeah. which was a lot of fun. Uh, uh, so, so yeah, so that's that's kind of the gist of it. And you never know what you're going to expect. It could be we did Parasite a few months ago. We've also done, you know, Ooh. we have movies coming up that came out in the 40s and 50s and things like that. So it runs the gamut. And I, I love that. Bringing that, up baby. Ex- yeah. Well, that actually, that's been in contention at one point that might could be be a future episode so this year we're also looking at the harry potter franchise which i had planned long before the recent jk rowling uh, backlash oh, that's been no. going on so that has not been talked about on an episode just yet just because they were recorded beforehand so uh, that's gonna be fun to try and navigate she for the rest of that series stop talking <laughs> she's basically a homeless person that got rich. Of course, she's going to rant eventually. Oh, <laughs> Tell you about the end of times. Let's let's steer it yeah. away from this. Yeah, let's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, let's let's get started because we do not have till the end of time. Like the characters in this Ooh. story, we are doing Ooh. yet another Netflix action film. They have a lot of these now. Six Underground, Triple mm-hmm. Frontier extraction all these action movies there is a new one though to add to this action list and it is about a group of immortal warriors and it is breaking some netflix records it is the old guard trailer who are you you can call me andy i lead a group of soldiers fighters like you with an extremely rare skill set. What do you mean? Mother? Let's just say we're very hard to kill. So you good guys or bad guys? Depends on the century. So we really never die. Just because we keep living doesn't mean we stop burning. (laughs) Throughout history, we've protected this world, fighting in the shadows. It's nearly impossible to disappear in the world we live in today. She'll like me to take one for you. Oh, thank you so much. (laughs) 
They're going to lock us up and weaponize us. But they've never faced an army like ours. An army of five. Shit, let's start a band. I strongly recommend that we leave right now. <laughs> All right. The Old Guard is starring action star now, I feel like, Charlize Theron. Yep. How do you feel? I actually had this thought, and I don't know if it's just like a, a shitty man take, but... Probably. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually watching the movie, and I thought to myself, I don't look at Charlize at all like I'm watching a female action star. Like, the word female doesn't come into my brain. I just see her as, like, mm-hmm. action star at this point. Like, she's okay. reached the heights yeah. of, like, Ripley. Yeah. You know, maybe it's dumb for me to think in terms of male and, and female, but raised in the 80s i don't know <laughs> i don't know but like <laughs> I, but like you know you know i grew up with a bunch of uh, uh male action stars with a few females in there but yeah charlie's i just think has like transcended any like i don't even see female i just see charlie's action badass how do you yeah. feel about charlie's theron action star i i agree with your take like she's risen above like th- she's not the girl version of anything like she's her yeah. own thing she brings like a weight to all the action stuff that makes me, as somebody who's not normally an action movie person, pay attention. Nice. She's awesome. Robert, what do you think? I think she brings that, like, like the lady one was alluding, sort of emotional grounding to to action movies. And, you know, she's really into the the physical training. She's really committed to that mm-hmm. that part of it. And I think it's really, it's funny that this has just happened like in the last few years because she was in Aeon Flux, like 2005. Yeah, and back. that was that was a huge flop. And from, you know, she's talked about it in interviews that's sort of derailed her her action movie career. And it's yeah. only kind of really been kicking off in the last few years. And, and you know, here she is like an Oscar winning actress in her 40s. And yeah. she's now hitting her, her stride as an action star. And I think that's, it's really cool to see that, you know, doing things like Mad Max Fury and Atomic Blonde and now the, you know, the Fast and Furious movies and things like that. And so yeah. it's, um, no, I th- I'm, I'm with you, JC. I think that she has sort of established herself as a major action star and, you know, a major movie star in an age where movie stars aren't really driving ticket sales very much yeah. anymore. I mean, right now there are mm-hmm. no ticket sales because everything's closed, but, <laughs> but yeah. generally it's all like a Marvel movie, a Star Wars movie, a Fast and Furious. Like it's, it's yeah. all franchises. It's franchise. So it's, it's, yeah. it's crazy that she has established herself in that genre and, um, you know, become one of the, the only big action stars that we have right now. It also stars Kiki Lane as Niall Freeman. Matthias, there are so many vowels in this name. <laughs> Matthias. He's Belgian. Show, it's okay. Shownerts. Schoenerts. Yeah. Something sure. like that. Sure. As uh, Maddie, the French David as, Duke. As uh, Sebastian. I think we should just go with Booker. <laughs> they call him Booker. Booker. Yeah. As Booker. Booker. Thank you. The modern Thank names you. are a lot easier. Uh, yeah. Marwan Kenzari yeah. or Jafar. Remember your place, Jafar. Remember your place. Hell yeah. As Joe. <laughs> Luca Marinelli as Nicolo. Well, uh, Nikki. Yeah. <laughs> Chiwetel Ojiofor as Copley. And we've got Harry Melling as Stephen Merrick, probably best known as uh, you were talking about it before. You're going to do a Harry Potter series. Yep. Who's Harry Melling? Uh, Harry Melling is Harry Potter's shitty cousin. Any messages from any of my friends? Who'd want to be friends with you? Dudley Dursley <laughs> uh, yes. from that series, which I was very distracting throughout this movie. And I will have maybe have more to say about later on, on this episode. Ooh. But uh 
But yeah, that was weird to see him. This, in this is movie. Dudley grows up to become pharma bro. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pretty much, uh, he grows up to become Riza Med from Venom. Basically, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, so that is our cast. I think the most interesting thing about this movie is that it was directed by Gina Prince Bythewood. But just the director has a fascinating story. Uh, adopted in Chicago, and uh, her adopted family moved to Pacific Grove, California, and then she went to UCLA Film School. And she her first job was in the writers' room of A Different World, a different world. that uh, the Cosby Show spin off. And uh, here she is, all these years later, directing Immortals, locked in combat through time. And she's only made five movies in the past 20 years. She's most known for making the movie Love and Basketball. The Omar Epps. Uh, who was in that? Omar Epps and... Um, That's Sana Lathan, I think. Yeah. Yeah. She actually isn't a stranger to superhero stuff, though. She was attached to direct the Sony Spider-Verse film Silver and Black. She also directed the pilot episode of Cloak and Dagger, the Marvel series, which I actually thought had some really strong stuff in it. After watching that, I kind of wished that there was a theatrical version of Cloak and Dagger. I find them both really interesting characters in the comics, too, especially the way Cloak is drawn in the comics. You know how they draw cloaks in comics with, like, impossible angles to flow in the wind <laughs> 60 yards away from the character? This is Cloak Corner, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Cloak Fix, <laughs> where we will stitch a recent cloak. No, but, yeah, I always thought Cloak was a, was a really uh, interesting comic character. But anyway, she directed the pilot of Cloak and Dagger, so she's dabbled in comics. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Silver and Black kind of gets back, get, starts gaining some steam now after this. And I think it's really cool that between, you know, that project, if that is able to come back together, and Birds of Prey, Wonder Woman, we're seeing women, female action directors, especially within the, the mm -hmm. comic book realm. I think that they're really proving themselves in the last few years because Hollywood's giving them the opportunities to do so, yeah. finally. So yeah. I think that's, that's a, uh, it's, it's, you know, I'm glad that you kind of highlighted the direction here, JC. Thank you. I try to actually be a, a decent host. Thank you for acknowledging my effort. <laughs> we'll have you back on soon. <laughs> the writer of the comics and the writer of the screenplay of this movie are the same person, Greg Rucka, and it was drawn by Alejandro Fernandez. Greg Rucka is doing well right now. He had the old guard picked up. He also is responsible for the Kobe Smolders series, Stumptown. So he is having his properties picked up. But, uh, okay, so this comic, though, uh, so it's based on the comic, The, the Old Guard, and this comic actually has a sequel. It's actually, they're going to make a trilogy of it. The second series of comics is called The Old Guard Force Multiplied. And the final issue of that is dropping right around now, actually, either this week or next week or something like that. And they've already lit a third and final installment, The Old Guard Fade Away, which has already been confirmed. So who knows? We could get three movies here out of this franchise. Yeah, if they ever start making stuff. Yeah. Right, exactly. I want to know, though, given that knowledge, would you like this to start an action franchise, an action trilogy? Uh, what do you think? I'll ask you first this time, Robert. <clears throat> I mean, I think absolutely. It, it, this movie, in a lot of ways, any issues I might have with it are that it leaves lots of pieces on the board. 
So it, you know, it's obviously, you know, we won't get into the ending later, I'm sure. Yeah. It's designed to be the first part of a trilogy. I mean, they're, you know, Charlize has already said in interviews, mm-hmm. they're kind of speculating about if they were to do a sequel. She's she's interested in coming back for that. Nice. And I think that that's probably further along in development than we've been told. That they're, they're sure they're they're already moving forward on that. She has a, a um, she's working on an Atomic Blonde sequel with Netflix too. So Whoa. there's there's a relationship there. I feel like this is one of those comic book movies. And I feel like this happens a lot with superhero properties generally. That it's. So much of it is set up mm-hmm. that by the time you're like ready to ready to go, you're you're winding down already. So it's already leaves you keyed up for the second one. Yes. Uh, to to you know to start immediately, and and I think that's a sign that you know that this movie has interesting characters and a direction to go in. So I I really hope that they're able to get the chance to do that. It sounds like that's probably going to be the case based on the numbers that Netflix is claiming, whatever that means. (laughs) Lady Wan, what's your take on it? Is this uh, an action franchise starter for you? Are you excited for the potential trilogy? Yeah, I'll watch the shit out of these. Very good. Your turn. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I am looking forward to see how far they can push this premise. Uh, So I am excited for that. The third and final installment is called The Old Guard Fade Away. (laughs) It already has me wondering about what that title means. All right. So Charlize Theron, action star. We all seem to like it. But why don't you give us the Old Guard Fresh Hot Stats? This movie is certified fresh, 81% on Rotten Tomatoes, with an audience score of 72%. Audiences don't like it as much, huh? Yeah, well, more people have access to it, so they're going to have more people bitching. That's my uh, completely unprofessional opinion. Yeah, reviews are positive. And like you said, we're already on board to get sequels, so we're going to have some more. And we alluded to it earlier as far as the stats for views go. Obviously, there's no box office right now, so we just have to take Netflix for their word. And they say this is the sixth most watched original film on Netflix with 72 million views. Extraction is still number one with 99 million. Then Bird Box is 89 million. We have episodes on both of those. Check out episode number 95 and 59 in the catalog. catalog. But yeah, that's what they say. 72 million views, like at least two minutes. (laughs) That's all it takes to be a view. Yeah, how much of that is just Netflix feeding people into this after they finish watching Tiger King or whatever? Carol Baskin. (laughs) So... Before we just start fixing, let me go ahead and I'm going to give you a quick plot summary of this movie. You know, in case you're coming into it late and you want a little refresher. But don't worry, I give the quick and dirty version from Movie (laughs) Pooper. Movie Pooper, (laughs) wiping away the excess. Here's the one pinch summary. Here we go. A team of immortal assassins... Andy, Booker, Joe, and Nikki have scoured the globe for centuries, committing heroic acts while staying hidden. After they are set up in a mission to expose their immortality, the team goes to hide and find their employer, Copley, while discovering that a young Marine, Niall, is also an immortal. She has discovered her abilities after surviving an attack in Afghanistan. Andy finds Niall and takes her to meet the others, like her. They've all been dreaming about each other. Although reluctant at first, Niall comes to understand how the immortals work, but finds that they can still die eventually, and that Andy had lost a former friend and immortal, Quinn, after she was doomed to be trapped underwater in an iron coffin. It's so disturbing. No! No, not this! Where are you taking her? 
You are too powerful together. For creatures such as you, there is no salvation. To be honest, that was one of my favorite things in the movie was that scene as she's being pulled away and you see the old ships in the background and and just just the idea of somebody who is suffocating over and over and over for like a couple thousand years is absolutely the most frightening thing I've ever heard of. Copley works for Merrick, a big pharma CEO who wants to use the team's immortality to supposedly save millions of lives, but he really only cares for the personal benefits. I like how this is written. I last forever, babe. <laughs> His men capture Joe and Nikki, and the other three head off to find them. Niall wants to leave and spend the rest of her days with her family, but returns to help after realizing Booker had set Andy up. Sure enough, Booker was working with Copley and Merrick to try and find a way to end their immortality since he was tired of outliving people he cared for. Niall gets Copley to help rescue the immortals. After killing Merrick's men, Andy and Niall fight Merrick and send him out a window to his death. Well, Niall grabs him and jumps out the window with him, which is the best death in the movie. The team escapes, but Booker is forced into a century-long exile for his deception. The others continue to work with Copley... (laughs) as their new Bosley (laughs) slash Alfred, as long as he helps them stay hidden. Booker later is discovered, and there is the end credit scene where Booker, who is exiled at this point, discovers Quinn, the one that we were saying is drowning over and over for centuries long, somehow has escaped her confinement because she's there in his apartment. (laughs) That is the plot of the movie. Before we just start fixing a movie, it is not easy to make a movie. And we know that a lot of people work on a movie. Thousands of people work together to try to bring this thing to the screen. We're going to give them their due. What is one thing that you really liked about the old guard, Lady Wongo? I actually really enjoyed all of the fights in this movie. I think my favorite might have been on oh. the plane. It just in general, I'm not your typical action movie fan. I, I didn't like any of the action in Extraction other than Chris Hemsworth slapping a child. Um, like as much as I love <laughs> Fuck off. as much as I love MCU <laughs> movies, my favorite parts of those are always like the big moments, like the truck flipping over the gate in Civil War. Like I don't like the hand to hand stuff. But in this one I actually really did. I yeah. I don't know if like the fight style was different than in other movies because these are supposed to be like immortal soldiers. Maybe they fight differently than I don't yeah. know, regular superheroes, but I thought it was cool. I was I was paying attention. One thing that they did that I guess like separates them from some other films is they used both sword yeah. and gun simultaneously. That was cool. That was cool. To fight, yeah. So they would shoot one person, slash, and it seemed like they all had swords really too, cool. which was really cool. But of course, uh, Andy had her like her axe, uh, Bronze Age axe that she would bring down on people. So and they just made yeah. her a badass. So, but yeah, the fighting was kind of unique with that gun and sword play. But what about you? What is something you really liked about the old guard, Robert? Actually, I really just like the cast. I think, you know, we were talking about how this is a sort of a smaller scale superhero movie, kind of a mid-budget, gritty action film. Um, How it's... It's really mo- mostly a setup, so the plot is just kind of, you know, not predictable, not basic, but just kind of... It's, it's what you would expect from a kind of movie like this, I guess. Mm-hmm. But... I think the cast, of course, Charlize, really elevates it, but also Kiki Lane, who I really liked in uh, If Beale Street Could Talk. Uh, we mentioned Matthias, we mentioned Jafar, um, <laughs> Chiwetel Ejiofor, all of them. I thought they had a really, really good rapport. 
and which yeah. is in, essential since they're spending, yeah. you know, centuries and millennia together. I think that that had to be believable that yeah. they had to be this little family. And um, so I think they had good chemistry with each other and, and really, you know, brought that personality that makes something like this sing. Uh, Charlize in particular, of course, is the lead. Mm-hmm. And just I loved seeing her, uh, her the kind of uh, attitude and uh, kind of uh, indifference to a lot of the things that Kiki Lane's <laughs> reacting to, you know, on the plane specifically, the the, uh, the moment with the the yeah. pilot where she told the pilot in in Russian to uh, to play dead. I thought that reversal play was dead, really smart. Yeah. There were a little a lot of little clever things like that. Um, so mostly, yeah, mostly the cast I think really elevated this material, made me excited to see what uh, what comes next. Yeah, you know, the first scene that Kiki Lane and Charlize Theron filmed together. Period was that fight yeah. scene on the airplane. Yeah. So imagine like, hi, I'm Kiki. Hi, I'm Charlize. <laughs> <laughs> on the plane doing a choreographed fight scene. So I'm sure that was a good uh, introduction for them both. JC, what did you like about this movie? I liked the amount of dialogue that was take, that was lifted directly from the comic. I liked that 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 Greg Rucka was so involved in this film and in the screenplay that a lot of the dialogue is taken directly from the comic. There is a scene, actually, maybe one of the most powerful scenes in the film, where our lovers from the Crusades time Mm -hmm. period, Nikki and Joe, they are captured and they are in the back of a van and one of the cops jokes, what is he, your boyfriend? And he says... You're a child, an infant. Your mocking is thus infantile. He's not my boyfriend. This man is more to me than you can dream. He's the moon when I'm lost in darkness and warmth when I shiver in cold and his kiss still thrills me even after a millennium. His heart overflows with a kindness of which this world is not worthy of. I love this man beyond measure and reason. He's not my boyfriend. He's all and he's more. I think it's that kind of like care and uh, adherence to the comic that the film really benefits from. And of course, having the screenplay be by Greg, Mm -hmm. Greg Rucka, that scene in particular, Greg Rucka made sure that that was part of any deal that he made to make the film. Mm -hmm. And the director, she said that she, quote, would have fought to the death to keep that scene in. Damn. And she said it was one of the reasons she wanted to make the film. So I had no idea that that was actually directly from the comics. And, you know, when that scene happened, it was it's so sweet. And mm-hmm. in, the, in this movie, sort of out of nowhere that my wife and I were just like, oh, yeah. in the middle of this <laughs> Netflix action movie. And, and, and it feels like the first yeah. thing that a, a production company or a studio or whoever would cut. Be like, yeah, we don't need that. Yeah. You know, for a variety of reasons. Mm-hmm. Just be also just because it's a character beat that doesn't necessarily need to be yeah. in there. But I think that's you know, now that you're that you brought that to the you know, to the conversation that that was from the comics and how important that was to the filmmakers, it makes sense why it stood out so yeah. much to, you know, upon my first, you know, my viewing here. It yeah, does. Nice. It was very beautiful. Yeah. And uh that scene also made me go like, nobody talks to me like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> As I like eat another <laughs> mini chocolate cone and my dog's licking my foot. That's so just, accurate. Just, you know, yeah. Whatever. yeah, my wife and I were like, we we can't, we need to step it up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Making us suck. <laughs> you never called me a moon. 
<laughs> yeah. Right? Like, nobody's like, and even after quarantine, his kiss still thrills me. Like, everybody's like, get out of my face. Yeah, exactly. I need space from yeah. you. <laughs> all right. So now that all that nice crap is out of the way, we are going to fix this movie. Let's do it. Are you guys ready to do this? You guys ready? You guys ready? Robert, Yanis, you ready? Uh-huh. Junior? Let's do it. Yeah. I said Junior like there's another person here. Like a, like a little small mini-me version yeah. made him jump up. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's do it, Daddy Rob. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> I don't know what that was. Let's just say we're very hard to kill. All right, Lady One, why don't you give us your first fix? So my first fix has to do with Ooh. Merrick. Pharma So. Bro. They cast the squirreliest looking guy ever. Like his (laughs) eyes are so close together. They dressed him in the CEO douche cliche of hoodie with a suit jacket over it. They gave him lines like, I'm the youngest CEO in pharma. Like he's a cheesy comic book villain in the middle of an intense morally ambiguous graphic novel like Andy is struggling with the atrocities that humanity is capable of like why do I save people Copley is motivated by stopping like cruel painful emotionally devastating deaths like from diseases like ALS but then Merrick is just like he literally says I will carve slices off of you for years to get what I want like why is he so over the top evil so I didn't like that. It, it felt like the wrong tone considering everything else going on. So I would actually like to keep him focused on the profit potential instead of just straight up being evil. He's a CEO. He's not a scientist. So let's just have him be completely unaware of what this process involves. Let's just have him be like dumb, profit focused, hoodie wearing CEO guy, not someone who is an insane person and like getting excited about torturing people. It felt wrong. And I like the idea that Copley is our guy who is focused on the benefit to humanity, no matter what it costs. And he can just be our bad guy who wants the money and not so like evil villain cackling. (laughs) Get it together, Dudley. (laughs) Here, let me ask you this. So apparently in the comic, he's a massive hulking muscular guy with tats. Um, so did they just like make that lead henchman be the physical embodiment of that, that comic book character? They like split him into two? <laughs> They're like, no, 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 no. See, young CEOs are just torpy. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't think muscular and tattoos would have helped, but I'm open to it. <laughs> are you open to it in many ways? Yeah. Now, I'm just, I feel like I need to add this to my Bumble profile. <laughs> <laughs> Muscular, tattoo, maniacal CEOs, welcome. <laughs> no squirreliness. Yeah. Squirrels go chase a nut elsewhere. <laughs> Let's just say we're very hard to kill. Robert Yanis <laughs> Jr. <laughs> of... <laughs> Of the Crooked Table podcast. Why don't you give us your first fix? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Hey. (laughs) All right. Mine actually piggybacks off of what the lady Juan was saying. Uh, I had an idea while watching it that 
Dudley didn't really oh. work for me as the villain. And I felt like Chiwetel Ejiofor was very underused. So I was thinking, mm-hmm. why not swap those two actors? That would make Merrick at least somewhat intimidating. Definitely have gravitas as opposed to the way it is where, yeah. you know, they get they beat the, the big hulking guy with tattoos and then they get to Merrick. And I'm like, yeah, OK, this is going to be really easy now. Like it completely deflated the momentum of that that final showdown. But then it got to the end where Copley is kind of sticking around and now I'm and then I had to second guess myself and be like, well, maybe, you know, Chiwetel would be a good addition to the group going forward. So I I just think, yeah, that a different actor as Merrick definitely would have helped possibly Mm. swapping those two. (laughs) Uh, I know Chiwetel Ejiofor has done the villain role quite a bit before Doctor Strange and like Serenity, not the most recent one, (laughs) the Firefly Serenity, uh, things like like that. that. So maybe that's why he was drawn to this other part. But that was kind of the idea that I had watching For the movie. Sure. She would have been a much more menacing version of Merrick, I'm sure. Like the stuff right. like yeah. the stuff that he would have brought to it. And you know, Merrick kind of reminds me of like Q in Bond. Yeah. Like kind of a really nerdy, gadgety or like, you know, yeah. uh, uh, more yeah. of a guy in the chair type. Yeah. I think a mm-hmm. swap would be really good. Lots of things are better mm-hmm. swapped, you yeah. know. Wives, meats. <laughs> What's a meat swap? Swap meat. Oh. <laughs> Swap meat, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, when people get together and they like trade meats, I was like, I don't understand. <laughs> Let's just say we're very hard to kill. JC, what's your first fix for the old guard? My first fix, I'm going to go ahead and give my biggest fix first in case people turn off the podcast. All right, so here we go. <laughs> Whatever, it's been two minutes. It counts as a few. See, we can be like Netflix. Exactly. All right. (laughs) Netflix rules here on Screen Fix. All right, so let's just say that the most engaging things that I found in this film were whenever they would flash back to history. Mm. And whenever they did that, it was very brief. Like while they were speaking over some kind of monologue, you would get a moment back in time. You didn't get to spend really any time with them at all in the past. Yeah. So what I really wanted, and I was thinking about this, is a movie that also involves immortals that did this pretty well was the movie Highlander. There can be only one. Highlander brought you back and forth from the present day to the past. Like it was just scenes juxtaposed with each other that were oftentimes like related to something going on in the current story. And I loved all those scenes in Highlander. I really would have enjoyed them going back in time. I mean, they were very clever when they picked the name Andromache of Scythia. There are many Andromaches throughout history that were really famous people and mythical people. And she actually says in the movie, there are many mythical stories that are actually me. Yeah. And there is the famous Andromache, the Amazon, who fought Heracles. There is an Andromache that was the wife of Hector, you know, in the famous Battle of Troy in the Iliad. Mm-hmm. And... There's another famous Andromache in history who was a sacrifice to the famous uh, Minotaur. So there are all these really famous moments throughout history 
with people with that name that you could have pulled from and you could have done that with her character and done that with some of the other characters and just like juxtaposed these past stories and not just made them scenes during a voiceover monologue but actually brought us back and let us spend some time with them yeah and i figured out some places where you could do that i mean you could parallel the ambush in the in the very beginning Mm -hmm. with her being ambushed and killed for the first time in the comic she's betrayed by someone who's very very close to her and and she is ambushed imagine her being betrayed living and and rising and being worshipped as a goddess and juxtaposing that with her eyes opening right after the team has just been ambushed and is laying on the ground and Mm. she rises from that ambush in that tunnel and she's still a god she's just a present day god you could parallel her fighting in the church with her fighting to save persecuted witches you could throw in some of the supernatural you could parallel her fighting the minotaur with her finally being injured in that fight you can parallel the first time she ever dreamt of quinn and searched for quinn with her search for nile if you want to bring in some of the other characters parallel the lovers in the van story with them in the crusades parallel cooper's betrayal with his desertion in Napoleon's Grand Army and him being captured and killed by his own men. There are ways to take these amazing stories of who these people are and sprinkle them into this story and actually have them make logical sense fitting within certain plot threads and things that are going on in the present day. And I feel like you could have really fleshed out these characters. That's one thing that I would have fixed. I like that. I feel like they'll probably, they they could revisit some of that in the sequel. I think now that so much of this was just, who are these people? What is their deal? How does this, you know, immortal immortality work and stuff? I think now that they could probably do that a lot easier in a sequel. But I like that idea a lot. I like... I like the parallels. I like showing, you know, something happening to them and them, you know, especially like you said with uh, with Booker kind of betraying them and the way he, you know, bailed on on the French army. Like, yeah. because yeah, yeah. even though it's been so long, like you are who you are, you're going to yeah. behave a certain way. Just those are your tendencies. So that would be cool to see like them go through the same kind of scenarios and handling it in a similar way, but throughout history. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. it's all cyclical. I like that idea of just you are who you are and you're just traveling through time and died. What an interesting Mm -hmm. thought. There's so much to to mine from this idea of of living forever while everything else around you dies. So that is my fix. I like history. I like to read history books. (laughs) I don't know why I'm talking like a weird middle schooler. Because you always are who you are. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Bringing it back. Let's just say we're very hard to kill. Lady Wan, what's your second fix? Okay, my second fix has to do with Andy's act. Ooh, and my axe. (laughs) (laughs) It is heavily featured in the promotion of this movie. It's right there on the poster. When you use hashtag the old guard on Twitter, you get the little axe at the end of the words. Whoa. Um, Netflix paid for that so it seems important right and like when Niall is going to rescue the team she has got the axe in the weird bag on yeah, her back yeah, and brings she's like, her the axe let's yeah. do this and why I, is it just like Andy's fave like they don't nothing <laughs> happens there's no significance ever addressed like they're just like they don't even mention the fact that she's bringing it in 
Like, it's just sort of happening. I don't know if there's like cut scenes that have to do with it, but, and I even Googled, I was like, what's the deal with Andy's axe? I could get nothing other than people being like, that axe was cool. So (laughs) my fix (laughs) is to give this axe some significance. And specifically, I want to tie it to Quinn. So I want this to be a weapon that Quinn forged for Andy. Like before a major battle thousands of years ago, Mm. she made her this act. In like the Iron Age. Yeah. So this is something that Andy carries physically with her always. The way she carries the guilt over what happened to Quinn. And it is important that she gets it back. And Niall bringing it to her symbolizes her joining the team and filling that place that Quinn once held and not just carrying something for no reason. That's it. Not you know, <laughs> like I brought your faves. Here's your axe and a meatball sub. <laughs> no, that is so awesome. That gives so much more meaning to that axe and everything. You're, it's almost like you're on a, on a podcast about fixing yeah. and you have been for years. It's almost like I've put thought into this, like yeah. time and effort and I have experience. Almost like that it's like you forged this fix (laughs) and it is your axe Mm -hmm. to grind against the movie yep yeah Yeah. you really hacked away at it you're not just splitting hairs i feel like you're really bringing something sharp sharp observation (laughs) let's just say we're very hard to kill all right robert yannis Junior. <laughs> yeah. Yes. What is your next fix? Actually, my vote to go ahead without comparing notes came and oh, bit no. me in the ass because that was 100% no. what I was going to say was, was going to be the axe because they do focus on it in that moment oh. when she's bringing it in the bag. And I'm like, oh, the axe yeah. is going to be a big deal. And Nothing there was happened. no scene explaining like you know, the backstory yeah. of it, like the lady one was mentioning. At one like, point, she I, just uses the, like, the emergency fire axe because she can't yeah, get hers. Yeah. Right, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that should have been set up as, like, her, her like, uh, Mjolnir, yeah. like, as, as that is to Thor, that kind of thing. And they didn't tap into that at all. But since the lady one <laughs> took that one, uh, I actually think that starting the movie with Niall oh, oh. and not Andy... Oh. And, and sort of building up to that reveal, I, I think, would have been more effective as opposed to just opening with Andy's narration and her dead on the floor and then just kind of sneak attacking the, the reveal of the immortality mm-hmm. a little more on the audience. Like what what impact would that have if we're starting with Niall? She, you know, her throat yeah. gets slashed. She wakes up and us, the audience, yeah. who didn't watch yeah. the trailer <laughs> on Netflix. Uh, yep. It's just like, what the hell is going on? And then Charlize Theron shows up to save her. And then we see the, the yeah. you know the backstory behind them and all that stuff like restructuring that a little bit i like that a lot like you're dropped in as an audience just as confused as niall rather than being you know popped in and they're already like a team doing missions because then we learn then we learn everything yeah through the movie and then we have to watch her tell niall it all again (laughs) we know this get ahead we know you only got two hours this is so great i like this fix more than your axe one i think <laughs> Good. That's there great. Go. That probably would have been a much better opener, especially if you're going to concentrate so much on Nile. I know that Nile mm-hmm. is not as big of a character in the comic. They make her character bigger for the movie. Open the movie with Nile and have her be the audience surrogate, the the audience guide into this world. I wonder if this does become a trilogy of films and they are still successful. I wonder yeah. if they would then look into doing a TV show based on this set in this world with maybe Niall as the oh. protagonist. You know they're going to they make a of... show, The Old Guard. I'm going to watch it. 
set what was it 72 million yeah. views or something yeah really yeah one? it's going to be called the old guard and have some terrible subtitle like the old guard new era yeah that sounds right <laughs> let's just say we're very hard to kill somebody asked me for my final fix jc yes what's your final fix oh my final fix (laughs) all right my second fix is very simple i wanted okay this is gonna make me sound like such a dweeb too i wanted better immortality kills (laughs) because okay this is what i felt like these are immortals they like they can't die it's like yeah but they said it still hurts yeah, i know but the whole way with it, it's like <laughs> ow, oh owie gunshotty i like that it hurt yeah well, I, I like that it hurts too but i just don't i didn't like that it was so like gunshotty stabby <laughs> i mean here we go i'm gonna get into this hold on it, it's okay, so tell us. they can't die and i thought that the best kill was nile jumping out of the building right but yeah. why not have more fun with it let that plane crash in the beginning i totally thought that was gonna happen have Charlize walk up with nile's yeah. leg in her hand and toss it to her <laughs> you know <laughs> I, like and tell her how to not get so beat up during crashes you know like or you know have one of them sacrifice themselves at one point like they're in some crazy industrial lab have one of them have to like jump through like a giant fan and get like chopped in half and he's got to crawl his half of his body to the door to like let them out like get get insane with it these people they don't die i actually was hoping that merrick was going to experiment on them and just have nile show up to a house of horrors of like skin off just really insane stuff just but we didn't get any of that. Yeah, really. instead they just had like IVs. Yeah, they're just sitting there with IVs in. I'm like, <laughs> and and he's like, oh, I want to see it for myself. Stabby, stabby, ow! Like that's it. Like the whole movie is just shooty stabby. Also, <laughs> that's that'll be the sequel uh, subtitle. Stabby. Old guard shooty stabby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The old guard shooty stabby. Like another place for weird <laughs> violence could have been um, Merrick's soldiers know that they're about to go up against immortal people but they're still just like gun gun shooty like i don't understand like they should have crazy weapons that are designed to really incapacitate someone like imagine if they would shoot them with nets that would cut them into squares yeah whoa um have have either of you seen the monster squad from like the 80s yes It sounds like you wanted like a werewolf situation where where they blow the werewolf up with dynamite and then the body parts are flying everywhere and because they can't <laughs> get killed anyway but silver bullets uh. like the arm and the leg and everything are crawling back together. It sounded like you wanted like some monster squad death becomes yeah. our action. That was pretty gnarly. <laughs> yeah. I see what you're saying though. They never seem to use it as a weapon. It's their defense that they can't die and that they heal, but they never use it. As like, oh, well, a normal person wouldn't be able to do this. Like like you said, like to break through some like crazy fan or something. Like nobody seems to throw themselves through a plate glass window to get into a room. You could easily do that. Mm-hmm. Like there's things you could do. I get it. That's it. So my fix is just to, to really yeah. play with the immortality. And I actually liked how you put it, Lady Wan. Not just make it defensive, but make it part of their attack as well. I want some skin ripped off, man. I want some toes missing. <laughs> Call me morbid. Maybe I'm like Pharma Bro Merrick. Squirrely eyes. Have you ever worn a hoodie and a jacket at the same time? I wore that to Trader Joe's last Saturday. Did you get some kombucha? I got plantain chips. (laughs) Let's just say we're very hard to kill. All right, so anyways, without further ado, 
I think we should consider the old guard. Do it with us, Robert Yanis Jr. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should <laughs> we should consider the old guard. Screen face. All right. Do you have a final thought for the old guard? I'll let you go first. Guest Robert Yannis Jr. of the Crooked Table. Yeah, I think this is a, a really solid action film. Another one from Charlize Theron, and it, you know, I think it, you need to go into it with your knowing that that this is going to be the beginning of a franchise because I do feel like the movie does sort of leave you somewhat uh, not unsatisfied, but wanting for more just because so much of it does set up the characters and the world and things like that. And I, I feel like a lot of our fixes mm-hmm. have the opportunity to be addressed in the sequel now that they've laid yeah. that groundwork. You know, I think of always with other comic book movies like the first X-Men or, you know, the first Spider-Man where they're like, this is the character. And then the next one really mm-hmm. elevates the the storytelling, the characters and has uh, interesting, you know, room to grow and develop. And I think the way this ends with Quinn's reemergence, the, the, there's a lot of really fun places they can go in the sequel. So I'm excited to see more. I think this was a solid start, but I think that honestly the best of this franchise is probably still ahead. I concur. Lady One, do you have a final thought on The Old Guard? I just want to personally thank Netflix for still giving me new content because I'm dying here. (laughs) 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 So this has really been helpful that they keep putting new stuff out. Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, couldn't get through quarantine times without you guys. Love you. Thank you so much. Wow, they are <laughs> life savers. Yeah. I'd have known? to read books otherwise. Gross. <laughs> 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 I have to read books. <laughs> Who reads books? They suck. Right, um, <laughs> JC, do you have a final thought? Yeah, uh, I have more of a, an Easter egg. Ooh. So, who was it? When Joe is sketching, remember he's sketching his dream and he sketches oh, yeah. Niall? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The person who sketched that in real life was uh, Alejandro Fernandez, who, who's the artist of the comic. Oh, shit, nice. that's so cool. Right? They let him sketch. That's such a cool touch. Yeah, they let him sketch. <laughs> oh, honey, you sketched. <laughs> Why did I throw in a clueless reference <laughs> in the old guard? It makes no sense. It's fine. My... my. Why don't you send us home, Lady One? If you'd like to reach us here at the show, you can send an email to screenfixpod at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at screenfixpod and search for us on Facebook, screenfixpodcast. You can listen to the show on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you're listening to shows. Please rate, review, and subscribe and tell a friend that you enjoy the podcast. Even if you didn't, just lie. They don't have to lie. We're good, especially when we have guests like Robert Yanis right. Jr. <laughs> why don't you? Why don't you tell everybody one more time where everybody can listen to the Crooked Table podcast? Yeah, you can find the Crooked Table podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all your favorite podcatchers. Also, CrookedTable.com. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and other social media at Crooked Table and uh, check out our monthly Harry Potter franchise or series as we try and avoid talking about <laughs> the person that created Harry Potter, <laughs> which should be mine. We also have a Patreon account. So if you want to donate to the show, give us a little something, something, a little bit of that hard-earned scratch so we can keep, 
<laughs> I don't know why I keep saying scratch. I never say it's scratch. So and today I, I keep saying scratch. People say scratch. Is that a cool term for money? That Those are two different questions. <clears throat> All right. So <laughs> if you want to part with some of your, with some of that bacon, it's getting we worse. have a Patreon account. Uh, yeah. So Patreon slash ScreenFixPod. Let's leave everybody with your best Charlize Theron, tough, whispery voice, Andy. Charlize is particularly kind She's of Clint Eastwoody in this one. Yeah. So let's all give our best breathy Andy quote. We'll let you go first, Robert Yanis Jr. Go for it. The world. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Which one, Robert Yanis or Jr.? <laughs> Robert Yanis and The world could burn for all I care. That <laughs> <laughs> was a little too close to Mickey Mouse. That's a different voice. Um, <laughs> Charlie's. The world can. <laughs> oh, the world can burn for all I care. Um, <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> um, well, that's a the world good can one. Burn for all I care. Wait, do it again. I talked over it like a dumbass. Okay, okay, that's okay. Yeah, you had Goofy talking over it. Um, okay, the world can burn for all I care. That's. I like that's it. That's really good. I don't. It's seductive. <laughs> wow. All right, La- Lady One. What is your Andy? I don't even know what her accent is in this movie. She's just breathy. (laughs) Oh, over it. Her accent is over it. Yeah, pretty much. Look, you've got questions, kid. I get it. You want answers? Get back in the car. (laughs) (laughs) These are so good. We're all so good at Charlize. Here we go. There you do it. I'll do mine. Here we go. Okay. Will this time be the one? And each time the same answer. And I'm just so tired of it. Nice pause for emphasis. That was and everything. so good. Yeah. Oh my god, oh Charlize is channeling Eastwood hardcore, right? She's a little good bit. though. She's so good. She is great, Ugh. and you know what? Big fan. You know what else is great? Our audience is great. Come back. Yeah. Next time we will be fixing probably another streaming thing because movies are dead. <laughs> Tenet just got pushed again. <laughs> they move Tenet yeah. again. The, Tenet they're gonna is move. Never move. coming out and <laughs> just, always coming out. Just as he was. At least they pulled it indefinitely at this point. Otherwise, it was like this. This every two weeks pushing it. Like every yeah, that yeah. was ridiculous. Just this. Just pull it until yeah. we know what's, they what's going on. They just keep hitting snooze. Like nine <laughs> minutes is not enough time. Why is that even the snooze? They keep function? hitting snooze. Oh, I'm not ready yet. <laughs> That's so good. All right. Yeah, seriously. Okay, uh, we'll be here again sometime with something. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. That's basically what we have going on. You're just going to pretend that those those new ones don't exist, like the crimes of Grundleballs? Oh, yeah. No, we're not talking about those. And we're. I have a feeling that J.K. Rowling's, it's going to turn into like she who must not be named going forward, mm-hmm. basically.